Now, probably you don't hear about that often, but it is so critically important. There, you know, I said the other night, I felt like something is building in this church uh, to, and you know, you can only build so high and something's got to blow up, explode. And uh, that's what we're wanting to see. But uh, there are ingredients that you've got to put in a pan if you want a cake to come out and taste right and or to the ladies look right. They're, they're as concerned about how it looks as they do about how it tastes. And in any church, there are things that uh, we, need, we need to be aware of, and uh, the Lord works on us. That's what Bible studies are about, for the perfecting. Praise God. Turn with me to the book of Romans, uh, chapter 10 and verse 14. Uh, and let's see what the Lord has to say. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? Everybody say heard. And how shall they hear? Here's that word. Basically the same word again, without a preacher. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your word. God, I'm asking you now to let your word touch our minds. God, that we can hear what you're wanting to say to us. Affect our heart, God, that we can respond to what you're saying to us tonight. That we can go away from here stronger and wiser in the spirit. And we're going to give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You can be seated. I want to talk to you about, uh, from a subject, a famine of hearing, hearing. Now, because of birthdays, I, from time to time, have my wife making accusations against me. I know she's saying something, but it just is almost on a straight line. And I said, what'd you say? And if somebody didn't know us and just walked in on a conversation, sometimes you'd think that we were fixing to hook up and fight because she's yelling at me and I'm yelling back at her. And we're not mad at each other. 57 years has taught me the value of saying, yes, dear. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
You're not going to win the fight. But it's all because of hearing. Now, there's two dimensions of hearing. One is through the ear, but it stops in the head. We call it head knowledge. And then there's the, the avenue or number two is through the ear going to the heart or to the spirit. When it gets through the ear and gets down in the heart, it affects our spirit. And when the Word of God, or any time the Word of God, reaches the Spirit, it always causes a change. Praise the Lord. Matthew 15 and, or 13 and 13, Luke 24 and 45. The Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And uh, it's always effective. Religious leaders of Jesus' day had the law down pat. No matter which direction he went, there was seemed to be always a critic there that said, why did you break this law? Why did you allow your disciples to do thus and so. But they never did get it down in their heart. Praise God. Now, I read to you, it's, it's the duty, it's the responsibility of the pastor or the preacher to preach. And I think that you... You respect and or honor and esteem the ministry and preaching. Praise the Lord. You can look at people and tell whether they're applying what they've been taught. And I'm confident you've been taught well. Now, I, I received uh, an email or a text, I think it was yesterday, you may have got it, Elder, of three couples, I'll show you after if you'll remind me, three couples, three preachers, in fact, and it said, do you know them? I had no clue. And I text the preacher back and I said, who are they? And when he told me who they were, I almost dropped my phone. Here they were dressed. Uh, you would not have known them from anybody else in the crowd. All three of the ladies looked like blue jeans they had on. 
I'm talking about back down the road. I've got some messages that they preached that was powerful regarding holiness and separation. But something happened somewhere along the line. They quit hearing the word of God. When you refuse to let the word of God change you, you have no option but to start looking for an alternative so you can justify why you're doing what you're doing. It's still the obligation of the preacher to preach. But can I say to somebody tonight, it's also the duty of the hearer to hear what's being preached and to do something about it if there needs to be correction. The enemy's business is always to bring distraction and to bring a question mark. Is this necessary? Why is he so adamant about this or on and on and on? But I've just made it a policy over the years. My, my birthdays, I should know a lot more than what I do. Now, Pastor Howard taught a, a world-class Bible study last night. And I knew everything he said, basically. But I'd never thought of it on that angle. He was talking about the conscience, the importance of the conscience, and how blessed you are that when the preacher preaches, it can affect you. Oh, praise the Lord. I, I, I know people, I don't know at what stage they're in in being turned over, but I know they, they just don't seem to have any regard anymore for making things right. And they've always got an excuse. That's because you're not hearing what this good man is saying on a Bible study night. You don't have to understand it to obey it. You don't have to go home and dissect it and see if you agree with it. My pastor always said delayed obedience is disobedience. Praise God. What if the rapture takes place in between the time I'm trying to dissect it? Oh, yeah. I've just learned... I've just learned that when I go ask my pastor a question, I am not going to argue with him over the answer. He has given me some answers that I didn't understand, I didn't agree with, and I didn't like.
And invariably he will say, sometimes when we have the time, I'll explain to you. My comment and come back to that is, Elder, you don't have to explain nothing to me. I asked you for an answer and you gave me an answer. Now, some people can only shout at the beat of the music. But when I can respond like that to my man of God, it makes me feel like shouting. Because I not only heard what he said, I'm applying it to my spirit. And every time he's been right. Oh, praise the Lord. There's something about a God-called man of God that walks in the Holy Ghost. And I've been in counseling situations when I pastored that when the party started talking to me, I said to myself, uh-oh, I don't have a clue. I don't know what to tell these people. I don't know how this is going to come out. And by the time they got through talking, the answer just dropped in my mind. I'm telling you, God talks to his man. Well, praise the Lord. All he's got to do is say no to get my carnal flesh ruffled up. Well, praise the Lord. Just like your kids do when you say stay out of the cookie jar. They throw a temper tantrum. I may not fall down into the floor and kick and scream, but my spirit is. Praise God. It's important. Preaching is the single most important ingredient to a child of God and their maturity. Just ride with me for a little while. I've had people say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not coming back to church. I'm going to just stay at home and pray and fast and do this, and God will talk to you. I'm sorry. God don't operate that way. Preaching is of no value. If nobody hears what's being preached. Now, let me say this when I say here. <laughs> Several different times to illustrate this point and to drive it home. I've been teaching Bible study and when I pastored and there'd be no visitors there. I made a practice not to embarrass our people in front of company unless it was something that had to be dealt with right then, which was rare. But I would be teaching or preaching, and the folks would be on their feet. That's it. Preach. Preach. Amen. That's right. Preach. One night I just stopped, and when they got quiet enough that I could get their attention, I said, now, tell me what was the last sentence I just said. There wasn't one person in the building 
that could tell me what. But they were shouting over it. They were saying amen over it. You know, I can get on an ego trip when I'm feeling the anointing and when people start responding to that, I want to just keep building it. But what good has it done me or you if you don't hear what's being said? I'm talking about hearing it, not, you know, sometimes there's a wind tunnel between this hole and this hole. You just But when I can hear the word of God, I've yet to set through a Bible study, and I pray on a regular basis, God, when pastor's teaching on Wednesday night, let your anointing rest heavy on him. Give him grace to be able to bring the word of God that in turn he can talk to my spirit. I need it because I'm planning on one day walking on some streets of gold. And the only way I'm going to do it is I keep perfecting this carnality. The devil knows that if he can get you distracted to where you don't hear the word of God, his job is to stop the spirit from relaying to me what I need to change. Praise God. Now, preaching was an early part of the New Testament. Started out that way. Matthew 3 and 11, John came preaching saying, Repent ye, not accept you, repent ye. But repentance shortly afterwards was again introduced by Jesus in Matthew 4 and 17. And this is where he started his entire ministry about was follow me. Praise God. Follow me and I will make you to become. We're not there yet. There's not a person in this building that's there yet. These things on my back and yours also is shoulder blades, not wings. Oh, praise the Lord. I need preaching. I need to hear Jesus say, follow me. Not my feelings and my instinct, but follow him. And the way I know to follow him is to listen to the voice that's given me direction. Jesus didn't come to call men to set up a political office, even though some of them was always shuffling around, which can, can I sit on your right side and can I sit on your left side and can I be this and that? Oh, thank you, Jesus. He called men to follow me. 
Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you to become fishers of men. Not give you an occupation, not give you a position. I'm calling you to be followers and fishers of men. Now, one translation says, follow me, and I will put you in my process. Now, when, when, when you understand that, I'm not competing with anybody else. If the three of us were to be scheduled to preach tonight, I'm not in competition with you. Because I'm not on the same level. Saints of God, if you can understand, you don't have to match or be as good as or as involved as anybody else in the church if you would just let him put you in his process. A kid in the first grade don't have to compete with somebody in the fourth grade because they're only in the first grade. The devil will tell you, you must not have the Holy Ghost or you're not where you are to be or you would be doing what so-and-so's doing. Don't worry about what so-and-so's doing. I'm in his process. And he will process me as I pass my test. I get out of kindergarten, I get to go to first grade. If I don't pass the test, I get to stay in first grade. Spiritually speaking, some folks have been in first grade long enough that they're old enough to date the teacher. That's because we're not hearing what the Word is saying. It sounds good. And I've seen them shout and dance and run the aisles. But it doesn't change their nature. I've made announcements at the close of the service. Now, uh, Tuesday night is going to be Bible study next week. If, unless I miss my guess, somebody's going to call you and say, uh, when is Bible study this next week? I've done it and turned to walk off the platform to my office and somebody run up on the platform and ask me a question about what I just got through saying. We're human. But the enemy, you need to understand the importance is it's church time. This is not just another function. This is a session where God comes and talks to me. This is a session where I'm coming to become better equipped so I can fight the devil when he gets you out there on the field by yourself and isolates you. I don't have a clue what to say or what to do, but if I'm hearing what God's saying, he'll always equip you for what you're going to face tomorrow. 
No army ever calls a soldier and sends him and requires him to uh, uh, supply his needs. God will give you what you need for tomorrow. If you just will hear it and store it and apply it and say, okay, God, I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold, but I'm, I'm satisfied that you're on my side. Oh, why? I told a lady as we were preparing to retire, good lady, her mind was fried on drugs. But I told her, I said, Sister, if you're not careful, if you don't get on top of that manipulative spirit, it's going to destroy you one day. Now, standing looking at her, when I said, if you don't get rid of that manipulative spirit, who, me? And what were we talking about? A manipulative spirit. Who, me? I says, I'm standing talking. To you, aren't I? Well, yeah, that's who I'm saying. If you don't get on top of it, it's going to destroy you one day. Just this year, all of a sudden, the pastor, one of the finer men as I know of, could not... You don't love me no more. The church don't love me no more. I'm, I'm moving. I'm out of here. I'm gone. Probably 40, maybe probably 30 years, 35 years living for God. But you just kept adding it up and adding it up and after a while not hearing what the preacher is saying. You see, it really, and I'm not trying to be mean-spirited. I'm trying to help somebody tonight. It really don't matter what I think. It matters what God says. And when he brings his word, it's my responsibility to, to accept that word as from God. Oh, oh praise the Lord. Uh, Amos chapter 8 and verse 11, behold, pay attention. Everybody listen up. Stop what you're doing. Look up here. Listen to me. I'm going to make a special announcement. Anybody that will come to the front immediately, I have $100 bills to pass out. I'll have to print them out tomorrow. <laughs> when you hear, it's of no value if you don't respond immediately. 
wonder whether I'm embarrassed to go to the altar. I need to respond right then. While the water's troubled. Well, praise the Lord. Anybody, anybody argue with me over the fact that we're in perilous times? We're in the end time. The coming of the Lord is imminent. Let me read to you what the prophet Amos said a long time ago. Behold, Amos 8 and 11, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will. God said, I'm going to do this. Send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of the hearings of the word of God. You see, we don't lose out with the Lord overnight. A backslider don't just backslide over one service. The man of God in this assembly can probably tell you if he were a man to who the next candidate is for backsliding because he knows where you're at. God shows him some things. He watches the response to the word of God. He watches you when everybody else is worshiping. Oh, yeah. That's not the time to clean your fingernails and trim your fingernails and check your, check your cell phone. And get up and go to the bathroom. Take the neighbor's kid so you can hold that baby. Huh? It happens over a process of time. And when God sees that he can no longer get my attention, he said, you leave me no option but to send you a famine. Invariably, invariably, I start saying, well, I just don't believe that's necessary. I don't think my pastor understands me. I don't think he, he knows what I'm going through with. Because any time I start rejecting truth and hearing truth, I have to make an excuse and an alibi until ultimately the Lord says, I'm going to send it to him. The preacher don't run folks off. Well, I've heard that preacher run me off or run so and so. No, 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 no. Jesus said to the gardener, dig that thing out, burn it. He said, please, Lord, let me dig around it one more year. Let me fertilize it one more year. Let me see 
if I can entice it. Every good man of God will go beyond the norm and the limit to reach one more time for somebody. Again, the flip side of that, that's why it's so important for good saints of God when your man of God is in this pulpit that you focus on what he's doing and create an atmosphere to where that anointing can flow and affect whoever it is that God's trying to deal with so that they can break and break that cycle. Oh, praise the Lord. Hearing is the act or the process of perceiving sound. We hear through our ears and go our way and do nothing about it. But when we hear through our heart, then we are moved to repentance or to change. Praise God. This is why some folks are not moved in a given service. They only get head knowledge out of it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The Bible study night is the night that we get the goods. Sunday night, and there's nothing wrong with with having a Sunday night service on Thursday night. But you get a steady diet of cake and ice cream and pretty soon we won't tell if you're walking or rolling. You've got to have some spinach here once in a while. But I don't like spinach. It makes your eyes strong, is what Papa said. If that's what it takes to make me spiritual, I'm going to, brother, I've held my nose and closed my eyes and grimaced and just swallowed some folks because it's it's good for you. Well, praise God. All preaching is not joyous. All preaching is not exciting. Sometimes it's hard to have to swallow that bitter pill. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Going to church and playing church. Oh, the preacher gets up and says, we're not doing that around here. Thank you, Jesus. Now, there's, there's, a, there's a new doctrine. Maybe it's not new. It's just changed its name. But I'm not hearing as much of it as I did a few years ago. That worship is more important in an apostolic church than prayer. It was, and they use this Reasoning, it was on the day of Pentecost that it was noised abroad 
that brought the crowd. No, it wasn't. It was the 10 days they spent there together, pulling together in unity, praying and waiting on the Lord. Some of those that preach that doctrine is not even going to church today because something happened. They got to where they didn't hear the word of God. If you've got to pull rabbits out of the hat to keep people jumping and squealing, you're going to have to have a rabbit farm to raise them. But if you just stand up here and preach the word of God, preach doctrine, preach one God, preach separation from the world, preach you're not going to, you're not going to go here on this electronic gadgets like the world is going whatever your pastor's uh, 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 feelings and standards is on. It doesn't matter what the church down the street does. You're not going down the street. You're going right here. So your man of God said, we don't do that around here. Thank you, Jesus, because I know now that God's trying to perfect me. Hmm. Listen to what they said. Psalm 106, 12 through 15. Then believed they his words. They sang his praise. That sounds good. But let's, let's go on. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sin leanness to their soul. Well, I've heard people uh, that were bordering on being turned over, saying, I know that I'm right because I prayed about this. <laughs> the enemy will use whatever tactic he can to distract you and to cause you to be lost. If it's in the word and your man of God is preaching it and or teaching it, disregard what you feel. They, verse 12, they believed his words and got happy. Now, how could they believe without hearing? They heard what he said, but it never got down here. Verse 13, they soon forgot his words, and they waited not for, or did not want his counsel or his direction. Verse 14 says, when one forgets or refuses to hear his counsel or hear his word, they immediately start lusting for Egypt or something to satisfy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians 14 and 10, there are, it may be so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them are without signification. Now, they tell me that 
every word that's ever been spoken is somewhere out there. Every radio, if you could take a radio, they used to, the older ones, they had a, a dial that you, you, you dialed it and it would start out real garbled and weak and the closer you got in on it, the louder and the clearer it got. It's out there. You just got to bring it in. The verse said there's many voices out there. Hmm. None of them is without signal. They mean something. But when somebody rejects truth, they will then hear voices giving direction, but it's not from God. I know God spoke to me. No, God doesn't speak against his word. Neither does God speak against his man. I've seen the shipwreck. Oh, praise God. Good friend of mine in Arkansas had a man come into his church well, a couple of years ago now. And uh, he got the word one day that this man had tried to kill two men. I don't remember the detail how it was. But when they caught him, he said, I heard voices that told me what to do and how to do it. You can't trust voices. That's why you need to trust your man of God. Oh, praise the Lord. Can I tell you in my 60-something years of preaching and living for God, I've heard voices that if I would have followed them, I would be on the rocks today. But thank God, there was a preacher that said, that's not what the Bible says. You can't go there. You better get away from that. You better stay with this book because this is a road map to get to heaven. And the man of God is your voice piece and your spokesman to get you there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In this last days, church, we are facing things. I don't know if Pastor talked to you. Saturday, Tuesday night, what? Tuesday night. We had a witch show up. She was there Sunday and visited the services and tried to make contact with as many people in leadership as she could. She came back Tuesday night and wanted to. Uh, now, this was a prophetess, whatever that is. You know your word. You know that's uh, that ought to give you a red flag, screaming sirens. But she had a word from the Lord 
that she wanted to give to the congregation. Brother David Gray gone on to be with, with the Lord, but he was praying Sunday evening, come out of the prayer room, and there was a guy walked in the side door in a, in a clown suit. He said, you're Brother Gray? Yes. He said, I, I, the Lord sent me. I have a word from you, for you. He said, that's strange. I just left the prayer room, and he didn't say a thing in the world to me about you. Oh, I'm telling you, there's spirits out there that would like to destroy this church. There's spirits out there, and there are people that don't spook from that. Keep on inviting. Keep on bringing people. Pastor Howard said, I'm not putting nobody in condemnation that brought, that visited that person and brought them. I'm telling you, when God begins to operate and when God, the Holy Ghost, can operate in the church, the man of God will know what to confront and how to confront it if he's got a congregation standing behind him. Those spirits out there are going to try to penetrate the apostolic movement today. I'm sure the battles that you fought was nothing more than hell trying to penetrate and bring confusion and division because hell saw that revival was fixing to break out and how, that, uh, how there were some people getting together as unity. Well, if I can challenge you to do one thing, church, uh, don't let nobody put a, a division between you and your pastor. Uh, don't let nobody put a division between you and your brother. We're in this thing together. It's one God. It's one church. It's one spirit. It's one revival. And the devil has no place in the house of God. Oh, hallelujah. And if we understand that his business is to bring division. Second Timothy 3 and 1, this know also that in the last days, perilous times, not may come, shall come. Webster said perilous is involving peril or risk. It's dangerous and it's shaky. Well, I think we recognize we're there. I think we recognize that the devil would love to pull any one of you down. I don't care what your level is in living for God. You may be struggling with some things tonight. But oh, all you got to do is get plugged in. God, purge my mind. And could I give you a little bit of advice? If your mind is drifting, especially when you're a pastor, teaching or preaching. Get victory over that. If you have to, 
get him to lay his hands on your head and anoint you and cast that spirit off of your back. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm feeling Holy Ghost. I'm feeling God wants to try to help somebody tonight. Don't listen to those strange voices. Oh, when my pastor uh, starts teaching or preaching, uh, scoot up on the front of your seat. We told our kids when they were small, don't you dare cause me to take you to the parking lot. Uh, it's not going to be comfortable for you. We're in the house of God. This is God's house. If they're allowed to do anything they want to during church, you just wait till they get old enough to seek the Lord. And this is a playhouse, not a church house. This is not where we meet God. This is where we get to come and have fun. No, you need to hear what God's saying. When your kids get about four years old, something more to get a hold to mom and dad, it's time they get in the altar. I'm not saying they're going to have the Holy Ghost at that point, but they need to start being cultivated. This is God's house. This is our altar. <laughs> you say they're just too young. Well, Brother H, you know him, I'm sure. His little grandson here a few months back. Sister H called Brother H on Monday morning. She says, I'm down here doing the books. And uh, Michael, This figure is not right, but uh, Michael put $17.24. I'm just using a, it was blowed out of shape for a little six-year-old. Michael put $17 and whatever it was in tithes. So what's going on? Well, I don't know. I'll call his mama. His mama called him in said, Michael, what's going on? And you'd have to know the little guy. He's six years old, but he's going on 40. And he said, well, Mom, said, I, I know I owed some back ties. And said, Mom, I just didn't know how to figure them percentages. And I know what Papa teaches. If you're late, it's 20%. So I just put some extra in to make sure that I was covered. Six-year-old? Oh, that's because he's heard the word. He knows what Papa's taught him. He just got the Holy Ghost about three or four weeks ago. Brother, he's just baptized him. In Jesus' name, and God has got his hand on that six-year-old boy. It's obvious. You can see it because he's got the word down in his heart. Oh, church, let's get to the place 
that God and what God has to say to us is more important than eating or drinking. I don't want to be lost in this end time. I don't want to be deceived in this end time. Oh, praise God. I personally have fought too many battles to be defeated now. I'm looking forward to hearing a trumpet sound. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, I'm through. I just keep getting them, them rabbit trails coming up in my mind. If you really want to be saved, if you really want to be on top of this thing, if you really want to hear the trumpet sound, you would do well to on a regular basis come to your pastor and shake his hand. Don't drop your head like you're trying to hide from something. But shake his hand and look him in the eye and say, Pastor, please, please preach to me. Don't let me sit on your pews. I told my pastor many, many, many years ago, if you have to sit me on the altar every service as an example, please don't let me sit on your pew and go to sleep and be lost. I still mean it today. Oh, praise the Lord. I told Pastor Howard not too long ago, watch me like a hawk. Don't give me no special privileges. I want to be preached to. I want to go to heaven. Anybody here want to go to heaven? Praise God. Anybody here want to hear what the Lord has got to say for their life? Pastor, you don't have to explain to me just say, I don't feel good about it at this time. Okay, fine. Praise the Lord. When you change your mind, let me know if you do. Oh, praise God. There is a famine in the land. I travel around enough to know that a lot of churches don't want you correcting their saints. And I don't make it a pro, a pro, uh, I don't make it a, a a habit of getting down where I'm not supposed to be, but I do think I have an obligation to say, "Hey, we're in the end time. Don't be lost. Don't be tripped up by hell. Don't be confused by an enemy, because in this assembly behind this pulpit, you're going to get a certain sound." It's going to be good. It's going to be stable. It's going to be right. It's going to be biblical. This is a safe place for you to raise a family. This is a safe environment for you to be around grandmas and grandpas and children when the world is going crazy in the same environment. Let's lift our hands to the Lord right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're a good God. Come on, let's reach out to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Let's come gather around the front tonight. Amen. Let's pray this into our hearts.